how you are in the world matters. Overwhelm is inevitable and optional. It's time to listen up and make it optional for you. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast because you matter and overwhelm's a rubbish place to make decisions from, uh, to live from. Man, it's just rubbish. So let's get right into it. This week I've got a technique for you that I call messy journaling because I really, really believe that journaling needs to be messy, messy and completely disposable. So I'm going to describe to you the technique and how it can help you. And let's see if it resonates with you. So journaling is one of the most powerful tools for growth that I know and use. It, it's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It increases any self-awareness technique that I teach or use myself. So if you're doing neutral noticing, i.e. the one minute mark or any longer versions that I've um, released on this podcast or um, given away um, to people on my lovely email list, then if you're doing neutral noticing, if you really, really, really want to get even more out of it, so to really start to connect what's going on for you in the body, in the heart, in the mind, and just bring it out and be able to look at it, then journaling is really, really essential because it just takes it to a much uh, deeper level. It, It just gives you more. It enables you to to see what's going on because it's connecting the body and the mind. So neutral noticing is taking you out of your head into your body and then and sometimes observing the mind. And then when we journal things out or when we ask questions and journal things out, we just get a whole another layer of insight. And I'd say it's a it's a fundamental, very necessary part of growth. And lots of people use it. There's lots. It's taught a lot. So I've been using various forms of journaling journaling for over 40 years. So since my teens, probably before. And I tried originally the diary thing, you know, keeping keeping a diary and then not keeping it up because it was just a list of stuff that wasn't really happening to me as a young child. Um, and then I've tried the more formal journaling where you are given some questions and then you're tracking and kind of documenting your reflections and your changes. And the problem I found with that is that I would make it really neat because I would think, oh, I need to show my progress because often it's like put the date and do this. And I'm not criticising these methods, by the way. I'm, I'm just saying how my messy journaling technique came about and why I believe in it for myself and my clients. So it's, things are different. Everybody's different. So see if this resonates with you. So if you do if you do journaling from like, say you, you, I don't know, most people don't, apparently most people don't even get past the first chapter of a book. So I don't know what the statistics are on people actually doing the exercises in self-development books, but I'm one of those people who actually does the exercises, which would be why I'm where I am now, right? Because I've really got to know myself and and got to know all of the different self-development techniques but yeah I so say I bought a book on whatever and then it says at the end of each chapter do these journaling questions I've always done them it's just how I am and um, the problem I had for myself and my clients was because we have that that need to do things really well um, 
it, it meant it was there was a block there. And when I work with clients now and I describe messy journaling, sometimes they cry, literally have tears of relief because I'm saying, no, you don't have to make it look good. You don't. It doesn't have to be even legible. So let me describe to you because I do messy journaling every single day without fail. It's like cleaning my teeth. It's not really a big deal. Sometimes I do you know, if I'm working on something specific, a specific block, say in my business or my personal life, whatever it is, there isn't anything other than your business, your personal life is there. So that's quite a funny thing to say. But, you know, I'd get really specific. So if I wanted to identify why do I feel like I'm a bit frustrated at the moment, like at the moment, I've got tons of stuff going on, or or it feels like I've got tons of stuff going on, which is weird, because it didn't feel like that last week. So then I'm like, okay, why am I feeling a bit overwhelmed? Why do I feel like I've got not enough time? What, what, Where's the pressure coming from? And then I'd unpick it by journaling. So, for example, I could list all list what the pressure feels like and then list, um, identify if I know what it feels like, where it's coming from and then what I can do about it. So so usually the pressure is coming from myself. In fact, arguably, all pressure comes from ourselves because it's how we interpret other people's pressure pressurizing behavior sometimes it's easier or harder to deal with that but that's not this episode that's obviously got to be another episode hang on just write that down dealing with other people's pressure pressurizing behavior because some people are very pressurizing aren't they to deal with anyway let's do that another time so journaling so I would use it to unpick something and unblock something myself um, in my life and I use it all the time with clients and in my online courses so for example in get your life back at the moment we're in week eight which is really exciting and every week um, you get a pdf of very specific journaling questions to support that week's focus So it's just really, really helpful. But the problem is if you give a formal list of journaling questions to people who have high standards and like to do things really well, they can get really stuck back in their heads. And because we don't want that, because it's unhelpful getting stuck in your head, messy journaling is one of the first things you learn when you work with me. And this is how it goes. So the golden rule is that it's messy. And when I say messy, I mean really messy. So you drop all ideas that it's for somebody, for somebody else, even for yourself to read. So it's not, it doesn't need to be legible. In fact, I think it's probably better if it's not legible because you don't need to read it back. I mean, you might choose to try, but it's not designed to be legible. And this is really really important if you write so it can be read then you are not in that moment you are partially looking from the outside in even looking at your future self reading this you are recording something for something for somebody to read and the purpose of messy journaling is quite the opposite it's to get so connected to yourself that you just allow you just literally allow stuff to come up come up So no spelling, punctuation, accuracy, grammar, nothing. Incomplete sentences. 
lack of capital letters. <gasps> Shock, horror. Um, spelling goes out the window. Because partly because it's too fast. You know, when you get going, it's like, oh, I can't. Blah, blah. Often mine goes into incomplete words. And that's okay because the mind moves faster than the body. So the hand is trying to keep up and can't. Why does it matter? Well, it doesn't matter. You're just journaling stuff out. You're just allowing stuff to, to come out onto paper. And then you might think, well, Heidi, that doesn't make any sense. Because if I'm trying to connect this deep stuff coming out of my body and my heart with my mind and I can't read it, how's that working? I don't know, but it does. It just does because it's going through the mind. You know, you, you, the mind is paying attention to what's being written. But it because it's a releasing activity, it's like, oh, that's what it was. Oh, that's what's been going on. Ah, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. And you, what you're actually doing is just kind of releasing these, I don't know, anything that, that doesn't need, you don't need anymore can just go. And also insights that come up. Well, they, they might be kept because insights tend to come back up. I remember having this conversation with Daizan, um, the Zen master I did some training with, that um, I said, so what happens during meditation? You get insights. He says, just let them go. And I found that really difficult. I mean, he did say always have a pen and paper and after you finish meditating, you can write anything down. But if you don't hold on, to, we always feel, don't we, if you don't hold on to stuff in the mind, then we lose it which is why we get stuck in our heads, right? Because we're holding on to stuff and we don't want to forget it. Um, but the things within insights is deep insights. They tend to like come up at unexpected moments. You don't always have anywhere to record them, but also you don't always have the words. It's like, it's a bit like an insight. It's kind of like a snowball. So you get this like little bit of snow coming together and then I don't know. And then if you roll the snowball, sometimes it's quite difficult to get a snowball together because the snow's not quite right. And then, you know, and then then eventually you just get a snowball and then you get a snowman. So or not. But the point is, you can't hold on to the snow. It doesn't work that way. And I think it's like that with insights. But it's disappointing because I know sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm sure I had that. And then I can't remember it. But but it but it will always come back, especially when I let go. Because the more more you cling to something, <laughs> especially an insight, the harder it is to really kind of pin down. And then sometimes what will happen is because your mind is working on this stuff. When you do messy journaling, when you ask yourself deep questions and give yourself space to journal them out, the questions keep going. So if you ask a question of your subconscious, it has to answer it. So it's going to keep coming up with stuff. So you might get an insight and it's a bit slippery and then it disappears. That doesn't mean that when you're journaling, you don't sometimes pause and go, ah, I want to keep that. I do that. And I encourage um, my clients to do that. So in, in Get Your Life Back, there's a, a special course journal for, you know, something you really want to keep. And it's not going to be tons of stuff because you can't keep tons of stuff because it's too much that's overwhelming but you want those real golden nuggets but at the time you don't know which are the golden nuggets so you just pull out nuggets and that means that even the course journal is going to be messy <gasps> messy no it's really really releasing when you can get past the idea that journaling needs to be neat and tidy and a done deal with like correct answers and correct spelling and it's really important to make it messy because it keeps you out of your head. And that's what we want, right? We want to stay out of our heads 
in terms of overwhelm. So we want to be in our head when we're doing something on purpose that, that is using our analytical brain or something that we need to use our focus for. But for the rest of the time, we don't really want to be holding stuff in our minds because it's just exhausting and it takes up too much space. And that's what the overwhelm is, isn't it? It's like everything's just been crammed into this space and just can't think, can't see the wood from the trees. So, so just messy journaling is such a release because you just get to pour it out and without having to get into the head about, oh, is that, oh, is that how you spell that? Is that two S's or, and I'm like, honestly, with English, I'm getting to the stage where I just think, and I used to be really keen on spelling I used to be really good at spelling and I feel like I've got worse and I think is that important well it's important to, to spell correctly you know when it's important of course it is but not in messy journaling so and English is a funny language isn't it I mean I can't remember what that amazing poem is there's an amazing poem which shows all the different ways things are spelt that that don't sound the same it's apparently very difficult to learn English so we're very lucky those of us who were born into an English-speaking family because god I wouldn't want to have to learn it it's got the most stupid spelling rules absolutely ridiculous and quite frankly I'm just sick of them so that's another joy for me of messy journaling is like yeah I get to break all the spelling rules woohoo I'm all for a good dose of rebellion so messy journaling there's just no rules about um, what do you call it legibility and punctuation and grammar. Just get stuff out. Don't worry about it. And then if you do pause and think, oh, I really want to keep that, you can just circle it or you can write it out in capital letters. You could put it somewhere else. But in general, we just want to get the stuff out and let it go, trusting that anything really important will come back because it does tend to. Because it tends to, because actually, if you think about it, even if you get like a really good insight and you write it down and you stick it on the wall, it still doesn't mean it's, it feels true for you. I mean, for it to stay, to be embedded, it needs to be embodied. And if it's come out of the body, it needs to be kind of like re-embodied. So it's it's an awareness of it at a really deep level. So even if you do write it out where you can see it, it doesn't mean you're going to keep it. But if you keep practicing neutral noticing and you keep journaling and you keep allowing yourself to grow by letting go of the idea that you're just not good enough, that you just life's too hard for you. You can't really have what you want. If you start letting go of these things that are just beliefs that don't serve you, then those insights those things that are deeply true for you that make you feel like, oh, I knew there was nothing wrong with me. Oh, such a relief, such a relief to know these things. Then they just come back. I promise you they come back. If you do the work, you can't just, you can't do like, I don't know, maybe can. Can you do like a one minute mark once and some journaling and stuff comes back? I don't know. Why would you want to? One minute mark's brilliant. It works. People keep writing to tell me. Thank you to everyone who writes to tell me. Honestly, I'm blown away. I'm just, oh, such a such a joy to hear from people who say, the one minute mark did this. That episode changed my life. It's just, I can't describe to you how, how deeply amazing it is, how deeply satisfying it is to be myself and set up a business deliberately to allow me to find a way to create a life that works for me 
using my unique skills and talents and knowledge and wisdom to serve and for it to be successful. It's astonishing. And to help others do that. Wow. So exciting. Anyway, and that's from tons of messy journaling. What do I do with my journals? I burn them. Why? Well, I used to store them and then I realised I had so many of them. And I did go through a period of gratitude journaling, which was good for lots of reasons. But I actually think looking back, it was missing something important. I think I got stuck into gratitude, gratitude journaling based on the psychological evidence at the time. So it's probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or something that I could find said, if you write down three things you're grateful for every night, it just make it changes your kind of baseline happiness point and it kind of does but there's also another problem I have with it and and that is that during the time when I really should have been looking after myself better I was gratitude journaling so I was doing a lot of kind of like well thank god the day's over and I I'm so grateful that I have enough money to pay my mortgage and I'm so grateful that my cold has gone or I haven't got flu anymore it's just like the the problem was is that I really wasn't expecting enough of the world of my life I just had lowered my expectations and the gratitude was kind of reinforcing that with I should and ought to be grateful because I have so much even though I'm burning myself out my immune system seriously run down and I'm finding it really really difficult to do anything except get through the day at work so I do have an issue with gratitude journaling and although I use a form of it in my work and in my own personal routine, I've changed it dramatically. Um, do we do that in this episode? Okay, I'll just briefly mention it. If you're just writing down, now there's a point when if things are really rough and you write down, thank God the day's over, then that's great because if you're moving from not not appreciating anything about your life to starting to appreciate it, that's a really good starting point. But if you get stuck in that, I, I ought to feel grateful for, for where I am and I shouldn't moan. That's not, well, it's not the purpose of gratitude journaling. Also, it's just not enough. So instead, I would up it the next one. So I go gratitude, appreciation. So appreciation is feeling, um, noticing how the things that you're feeling grateful for are making you feel. So, for example, and that ups it because then, well, hopefully it ups it. I guess it depends how down you are in your life or how difficult your life is at the time. But really starting to appreciate things as in feeling in the body um, and the heart, connections to others, um, feelings of wellness and energy. And then up from that is savouring. When you, you know, you really really just like every bit of joy every good tasting piece of food every amazing cup of coffee you're just really connecting and feeling that so it's very deep and it's a very joyful experience and I don't think that comes from the kind of experiences that I was putting down in a gratitude journal which was just becoming a list of I don't know, kind of like, thank God, there's some small bits that are all right in my life. And I just I just did not realise I couldn't see how limited I'd made 
my expectations, how much I was limiting myself. And I thought I was, I thought I was riding high. <laughs> Very successful. So it's quite interesting. Anyway, that's not really in messy journaling. That's kind of another technique. But just be aware that if you are doing gratitude journaling, just see if you can up the joy level of it or 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 you can dare to question it and say, why am I all if there's a continuous pattern, I guess, where you're just grateful for surviving, but you're not actually thriving, you're not actually doing the things you really want to do, then maybe you can look at that and think, is this really what I wanted? Is this really the life I intended to leave? Live? Is this is this the life I work so hard for? And and yeah, you might want to kind of question if you've got into the the survival gratitude mode. Anyway, back to messy journaling, which is probably I mean you can incorporate gratitude journaling to messy journaling. Just go, oh I loved this today, and just make it messy. But in general, this is how would you use messy journaling. So once you've got your rule that you break all the rules about neatness, everything you've been told about how you ought to write, and you just get a pen and a paper, then one way is a brain dump. So at the end of the day, you can just like, but I wouldn't do a brain dump in bed, actually. And the reason for that is if you get into too much of a negative spiral, is that what you are actually doing is raising issues in your head before you switch off for the night which is not what you want so if you're going to do a brain dump I recommend doing it like an hour or more before bed so that you've got some space where you can feel the emptiness you know they're like well I've got rid of that that was today today's gone let go of your day so um, a brain dump is great at the end of a working day because you can just go with this is all the stuff I didn't finish this is what I'm frustrated with just get it out of your head it might not all be bad stuff but you've got a lot of stuff going on, getting it onto paper is really, really helpful. I mean, doing it on a Friday night's great or Friday lunchtime. So you start unwinding before you finish work and then you can have the weekend off. So not holding stuff in your brain, including emotional turmoil, just like get it out and then just have some form of releasing that goes with it. So what you don't want with a brain dump is to really focus on, oh, this spiral of downward everything's out of control just get it out and then release it so that's gone you could even like cross through the pages and go that's done that's over that's just how things are at the moment that's okay but the more beneficial the like more committed to growth thing so brain dumps like um I still use it as like an emergency thing when my brain's overloaded, get it out or something's really upsetting me. So if I woke up in the night and my and I noticed my mind was off doing some crazy circular journey about something that I didn't even realise I was worried about and I couldn't kind of get it under control as in, you know, moving my attention back into the body, noticing how soft the pillow is and all the lovely things about going to sleep. If I couldn't do that, then I would eventually put on a very low light. I've one of those lovely salt lamps because it's such a nice little glow. And then I would just dump it out, like get rid of the problem, close the notepad and then just go to sleep. So it's very useful, but I don't use it as a daily thing. Not anymore. So a more useful daily thing is whatever you're working on at the moment. So 
By working on, I mean a commitment to growth. And I want to really say something here about the difference between self-development or self-improvement and growth. So I'd like to separate them in this way. So for myself and my clients and the people in my courses, um, we have a tendency to always want to be better. And you think, well, that's really good. Why would you not want to be better? Because when you get stuck in an overwhelming state of wanting to be better at everything, that's not actually a good thing. What that is for my clients and my particular people I work with, it actually becomes this like lack of self-acceptance, this I need to be better. I need to be a better dog owner, a better partner, oh, a better sister, a better business person, a better colleague. It's just endless. Better, 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 better. And this creeps up on me all the time. So at the moment, I've realised that I want to be better as in fitter, lighter, so and then like better at cooking, better at organising the food. Um, what else have I got going? My garden needs something bettering about it. There's like so much stuff going on that, you know, I could easily get sucked back into my, I need to be better at everything, which is just wrong. So if we go back to the you are perfect and a work in progress. And the work is to let go of the stuff that no longer serves you. And the stuff that no longer serves you will be the need to push yourself really hard and be better and better and better. And every day, strive really hard to make the day really good. And, you know, like it's exhausting. There's nothing wrong with you. Like you're, you're perfect as you are. So if we see self-development as getting stuck on that constant self-improvement track as a in a way that isn't life enhancing so in a way that's that actually you need to pause and say am I doing this from a place of understanding my innate perfection that there is no need to justify my existence that I I don't need to prove myself by being needed by everybody, by being indispensable, that I just am okay as I am, that if I did nothing, I'm still okay, I'm still lovable. Just by being here, by being alive, I am already enough. I'm already perfectly lovable. And that I have to love myself first before the world can love me. I have to accept myself first before the world can accept me. So if we go from that point of view and move from, and it's, it's their labels, aren't they? So it depends how it resonates with you. But that's why I want to separate it into the, the kind of pushy self-development, you know, always being better to personal growth, which to me is a journey of deep self-acceptance. And that the more I love and accept myself, the easier I am to be around and the, the better impact I have and the better I become anyway, because who doesn't love hanging out with somebody who really likes themselves, who's really at ease with themselves? Like, and like for, for myself, I, I want to be as often as possible feeling in a state of empowered ease, where I feel at home in my body, where I feel connected to my heart, where I know that even despite the constant distractions and, you know, stuff life throws at you, the stuff we can't control, I'm still controlling the things I can control as much as I can within my current skill set and knowledge. So for me, that's controlling my attention to stay committed to my purpose. And my purpose is 
to be happy. And for me, being happy means doing joyful, deeply satisfying work in a way that only I can. So I believe that each of us has this unique contribution and it's about identifying that and finding a way to to get that out into the world and and help the people that, that only we can help at this point in the in the best way it's like a I see it as like we've all got somebody who needs our help and we need somebody else's help and if everybody was was really true to themselves and saying yeah I really need some help with this who can I go to who resonates and has the same values and then everybody's doing that so for example I have um get your life back and I've had previous courses and a membership so you know whatever I'm working on at the moment and this podcast is is obviously my free resource for you and then um and then I'm also in things that support me so I'm in um Orchard Legal which is a membership for people in in my um online space where we can sort out the legal contracts and things, so our websites and our client contracts and our course contracts and our contracts with VAs and everything just works properly because it's empowering and it's professional and it's, so to me, it's an act of love and integrity to have these things sorted. It's very empowering for, for my client and myself, but it costs a lot of money to do that. And so for, so this wonderful person has set up a membership because she's, that's her gift as a lawyer is to help people like me um you know grow our online businesses with integrity and feel empowered in that and I love that and I love the community aspect of that and I love as my business grows I gradually get to increase all of these things you know put in place more and more of these things that support the business so it becomes it's like the business starts growing up more and more and I love that and then I'm also in business by design I've just joined that James Wedmore's amazing um, membership for people doing work like I'm doing. So heart, heart centered online entrepreneurs. And it's, you know, just having that support and being part of a community of integral people and and having the business resources to reach more people and grow my business. That's amazing to me. So I'm investing in myself in lots of different ways. That's just to the business things I'm in. And then I I have Get Your Life Back and one-to-one clients and my podcast and my um, mailing list, etc. And all of these things um, to serve people who want to work with me and get their life back and stop being stuck in their head and beating themselves up and overworking and never quite getting to do the things they long to do. So I want that for you. So what is it that would make you really, really happy? And that's not all that makes me happy, because for me, it's also it's getting to do that work without overworking. So it's it's reversing my previous experience of a career where I overworked. So I purposely, you know, fewer hours, but work It's not just number of hours. It's how I'm working. I'm really listening to my body and tuning into my heart and, and yeah, just making sure there's time for connection with the people I love, catching up with friends. I'm meeting a friend this afternoon for a dog walk, you know, just 
fitting into my life all of the things that I was putting on hold previously and making space for that in a way that works for me. So and prioritising my health and you know it's just so many things that that go to make my life better that go to that help me create a life that works for me and my intention is to model that for you so I'm growing a business without doing the normal overwhelmed exhausted burnt out entrepreneur thing because somebody needs to do that because it's crazy. It's crazy in this online space. So many entrepreneurs are just absolutely killing themselves and it's just wrong and unnecessary. Um, so, yeah, so what do you want? And you can use messy journaling to support that journey of growth, of letting go, because when you when you you've got something you're stuck on, you can ask yourself questions. Why do I feel like this? I've noticed, you know, you could be like, so I'm feeling really stuck and a bit frustrated at the moment. I'm not very happy. Everything looks like it's okay. So if I do a gratitude journal, I ought to be really happy, but I'm not. And then you can explore that notness, that frustration. So what we tend to do is go, well, I ought not to feel like that, and then we crush it. We try and crush it down, and then it comes out in tension you know weird symptoms in the body that we then get into our head trying to problem solve or we get really overwhelmed because actually we're not really doing what we want to be doing but we don't know what we want to be doing because we can't think straight because we've got overwhelmed so it's about unpicking that and messy journaling can be great for unpicking it if you dare so you have to be really kind because what you don't want is to get stuck in your head in a loop of doom and self-recrimination. What you want is to create a safe space for yourself. And that's why messy journaling is great, because it's safe. Nobody's going to read it, including yourself, and you're going to burn it at the end. So it literally is a safe space because it's just, oh, this is what's coming out today. And then you can notice over some time what keeps coming up. And you can notice if you've got circular thought patterns or certain behaviours that happen when you get triggered by this and then you, you know you've got a clearer idea of what's going on for you and that's what it's about messy journaling provides this safe space to do your growth work and to be freer to to get the in, insights the information to get rid of stuff that no longer serves you yes it's best to work with somebody of course it's more powerful to work one-to-one or to be or to join a a group program or do a course or something you know or read a book there's like there's various levels aren't there but if you just want to do this stuff on your own then hold the space for yourself out of love and kindness and then just you know ask yourself what's going on what's really going on no what's really going on oh come on what's really going on you can follow it down but you need to do it with like the kindness and patience I know you would you would show for another person, but that you probably don't show for yourself. So anyway, hi, I highly, highly, highly recommend messy, messy journaling and breaking out of that need to, to be neat and tidy and legible. And it can be so empowering when you do this. So I wish for you freedom and empowerment through this technique and I'd love to know how you get on and if you want to do you know work more closely with me then join please do join my mailing list um, and I will be relaunching get your life back 
in September. So if you want to join the next round, that will be happening um, from September, finishing in time, of course, for Christmas. Very important. Got to get these priorities right. Um, or whatever you do at Christmas, the holiday season. So, um, yeah, so there's lots of opportunities to work with me. Um, but anyway, give it a go and go kindly instead of kind of trying to force yourself to be better. Just allow space for yourself and allow yourself to be messy and and break a rule by not spelling things correctly. I dare you. Anyway, have an unexpectedly lovely week and I'll see you next week. To find out more about my tiny, huge, life-changing practices, please visit www.heidimark.co.uk.